Well, tonight I would like to have you turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 6 through 16. What I want to do, actually, is next Sunday night, I want to look at the Holy Spirit and the will of God. And we're going to talk about a controversial phrase next Sunday night, and that controversial phrase is, God told me. Uh, And I want to look at that and see if it's a biblical uh, phrase. And then we're going to have a couple of weeks where we're focusing on Easter, uh, Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday. And then on Sunday night, the 28th, uh, Pastor Chad is going to preach on knowing God's will for everyone. Now, I tell you that because before we can look at these next two sermons, we have to form a foundation, and that's what I want to do tonight. I want to look at the Holy Spirit and the Bible and the crucial role that the Holy Spirit plays in not only inspiring the very words of Scripture, but also in illuminating those words for us so that we understand them. So that's tonight's subject, the crucial role of the Holy Spirit and the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 16, the Apostle Paul writes, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret And hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But, as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we, but we have the mind of Christ. Well, our first point tonight is man's wisdom versus God's wisdom. When an individual receives Christ as Savior... They are given a secret wisdom from God. This is a unique and amazing passage. And I say unique in the sense that we don't find 
anything quite like this in other parts of Scripture that tell us that we have secret wisdom from God. That's what this passage is telling us. That when we receive Christ as Savior, when we are born again, when we are regenerated, when we become redeemed children of God, we actually have access to, for the first time in our lives, the secret wisdom of God. And it is important for us to know that the Holy Spirit enlightens, illuminates those who are in a right relationship with Jesus Christ to help them understand the word of God. I have shared this with you on a number of occasions. The doctrine of illumination, that it is only by the Holy Spirit that we are able to understand the Bible, able to understand the word of God. In verse 6, it says, yet among the mature, Paul says, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. So this secret wisdom is very different than the so-called intellectual philosophical wisdom of this world, which is passing away. But notice verse 7, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. For our glory. It is amazing to us. It is our glory to be able to understand a secret and hidden wisdom of God. And I don't know if that has ever struck you or, over, or ever overwhelmed you before, but we have Something. We understand things that people outside of the church, and I mean the church of Christ, cannot understand. We know things they don't know. We know things they cannot know. We have, and this, these are the words of scripture, we have a secret and hidden wisdom of God. In 1974, there was the Lausanne Congress on Evangelization headed up by John Stott, who gathered scholars from all over the world to put together some important statements of faith in regard to world evangelization. And one of those statements was this. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to reveal truths previously hidden from human search and understanding and to enlighten men's minds to know and understand them. If the role of the Holy Spirit is to teach, ours is to be diligent students of the word. The Holy Spirit is our constant teacher and we are to pay attention. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to reveal truths previously hidden hidden from human search and understanding. You cannot understand these without the Spirit, no matter how much you search and understand. And it is the Spirit's role within the triune Godhead, within the Trinity, to enlighten men's minds to know and understand Scripture. And so it says in verse 8, none of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The crucifixion of Christ is evidence 
that even the most intelligent people of this age do not understand the secret wisdom of God. They did not understand this. They do not understand the scriptures. For if they had understood the scriptures, they would not have crucified the Messiah. They would not have crucified the chosen one. Well, Paul then makes a powerful but often misunderstood statement. In verse 9, in this context, remember what we're talking about. Remember what Paul is saying here. So the context is extremely important here. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, Verse 9 is often misunderstood. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it tonight because I preached on it just a couple of years ago. But verse 9 is often thought to be a reference to heaven. It is in greeting cards. Sometimes people have it on plaques in their homes. What no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. That's heaven. Now certainly... Heaven is in scripture and is part of this hidden and secret wisdom. But what it means is not heaven. It means you, no human eye has seen, no human ear has heard, no human heart of man has imagined what God has prepared for you. The natural man's eyes have not seen. The natural man's ears have not heard. The natural man's heart has not imagined what God has prepared for you who love him. You understand things they do not understand because it can only be revealed and understood by the Holy Spirit. Actually, verse 9 is what is called a loose quotation of two different sections of scripture, Isaiah 64, 4 and Isaiah 65, 17. I say loose quotation. Paul writes this. He takes two passages of scripture under the direct inspiration of the Holy Spirit, puts them together and uses it in this New Testament context. So in verse 10, he says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Why have we heard things they haven't heard? Why have we seen things they haven't seen? Why have our hearts imagined things they haven't imagined? It's because these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, capital S, through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of of God. The Holy Spirit searches the depths of God and makes the things of God known to us. What a beautiful thought. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Some translations have even the deep things of God. You and I, mortal men and women, Mere human beings, fallen, sinful, yet redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we understand things. 
we are able to understand some of the deep things of God that he has chosen to reveal to us because the Holy Spirit makes them known to us. And that brings us to our second point tonight, the natural man versus the spiritual man. Verses 11 through 16 form a very important section on the contrast between man's natural thoughts and God's wisdom. Look at the first part of verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? Who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? There are things you know about yourself that no one else knows. And thank God for that. Okay? There are things... I know in my thought life that no one else has ever known. You know things in your thought life, in the deepest part of your soul, that no one else has ever known. Ever known. Because the person's thoughts, who knows your thoughts except... Excuse me, verse 11, for who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person which is in him. There are things that you know about yourself that only you know and only you can know. Now, obviously, God knows them, but from a human perspective, there are thoughts that you know about yourself that no one else has ever known. So, knowing that, last part of verse 11, so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. There are things about God that only the Holy Spirit knows. There are things, just like there are things about you that only you know, there are things about God that only the Holy Spirit knows. And only the Holy Spirit can reveal to us. There are things about the depths of God that are only known by the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and only He can reveal those thoughts to us. So in verse 12, it says this. Here's the encouraging part. Here's the amazing part. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. We've received that spirit. There are things about God that only the Holy Spirit knows. And we have received that spirit. Notice at the end of verse 12 that we might understand the things freely given us by God. There are only things about God that the Holy Spirit knows. That Holy Spirit has been given to us. And the Holy Spirit wants to freely give us things about God. That we might understand the things freely given us by God. And then it says in verse 13. And we impart this. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. I don't know if you've ever seen this before in this context, but verse 13 is a powerful affirmation of why we should preach and teach in an expositional fashion. And by that I mean we should preach and teach straight from the Bible. Not our opinions, Not our thoughts, not what we think about the Bible, but just preach the Bible. 
Look what it says. And we impart this, okay? We have received the Spirit of God that we might understand the things freely given us by God so we can understand the Bible. And we impart this in words. Not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit interpreting with each other spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So spiritual men and spiritual women teach spiritual truths, interpret them so that we might benefit from them, so that we might have a greater understand, understanding of those things freely given to us by the Holy Spirit. We have a secret and hidden wisdom from God. So, whatever age group you teach, whether you're a small group Bible study leader, a large group class leader, whatever opportunities you have to preach and teach, teach the Bible. Teach the Bible because it is the secret wisdom of God. And that's what God wants us to understand, that's what God wants us to benefit from. That's what God wants us to learn. Which brings us to that important verse in verse 14. Verse 14 is a verse that every Christian should memorize. I've shared that with you before. Every Christian should memorize 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural person, the person without the Holy Spirit, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They are folly, or as I memorized it in the NIV 84, they are foolishness to him. The Bible is foolishness to him. And notice what it says. Don't miss this. And this is why I think we ought to memorize this verse. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. People without the Spirit of God, people without the Holy Spirit cannot understand the Bible. I know I've said this to you before, but I want to say it again. When unbelievers, when unsaved people say about the Bible, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. They're being honest with you. It doesn't make any sense to them. They don't get it. When somebody says, that seems so foolish to me. That I can just believe in someone who died on a cross 2,000 years ago and all of a sudden all my sins are forgiven and I'm guaranteed to go to heaven. To some people that is absolute nonsense and foolishness. You know why? Because they can't understand it. That's why the gospel is so important. Because until people are saved, until they are born again, they cannot understand scripture. Sometimes I think, and I don't want you to misunderstand me because I think there is an important place in Christianity for apologetics. That is the defense of the faith. Whether it be defending scripture, defending God's view of human sexuality, defending the sanctity of human life. All those things are important. So I don't want you to misunderstand. But sometimes I think we spend too much time arguing and too little time sharing the gospel. 
Because until they're saved, they won't get it. You can make the most eloquent, beautiful argument. And they will stand and look at you like the proverbial deer in the headlights. Okay, they will. They don't get it. We need to pray that the Spirit of God would show them their need for a Savior. That the Holy Spirit would come to live in them. And that's why the greatest need is not our arguments. The greatest need is for people to be saved. The greatest need is for people to have the Holy Spirit in them. Remember that as you talk to unbelievers. Your most eloquent arguments apart from the Spirit of God will never ever convince them. It will not because they don't get it. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 15 again reminds us that the spiritual man is not like the man without the Spirit. Verse 15 says, The spiritual person judges all things but as himself to be judged by no one. The spiritual person judges all things. It means this. You are able to evaluate the world. You are able to see things in this world. The divisiveness in the world. The sin in the world. The poverty in the world. The evil in the world. You are able to see those things and make assessments of those things, make judgments about those things. Do you know why? Because you are a Christian. Because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You are able to make judgments. You are able to make evaluations. Because you are a child of God. And you understand these things by the Spirit of God. But the spiritual person is himself to be judged by no one. You have one judge, and that is God himself. So people may say you are a fool. They may even say you're an idiot. They may make judgments about how you live and what you think and what you believe. They can say those things, but they cannot judge you because only God can judge you. And you need to remember the only person you are truly accountable to is God himself. The Apostle Paul then quotes from Isaiah 40.13. And he says in the first part of verse 16, he says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? How can they judge you? How can the world judge you? For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? We have understood the mind of the Lord. We have understood the mind of the Lord through the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit, through the word of God. And then this whole section ends with a powerful statement. But we have the mind of Christ. You've probably heard that quoted and quoted it yourself many, many times. But we have the mind of Christ. I want you to think, this sentence which I've heard probably dozens of times in my Christian life, took on an even greater meaning as I studied this week, which is what I love about the Word of God. Because no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how long you study Scripture, you're always learning new things. You're really learning new things about old things, things you already know. 
you just are learning even deeper things about them. It says, we have the mind of Christ. I just want to ask you a question tonight. What does that mean? If you were to say to some of them, but I have the mind of Christ, and they said to you, what does that mean? What would you say? But we have the mind of Christ. It does not mean that we have the actual mind of Christ in the sense that I can see inside of you, and I know your thoughts, and I know the future. I don't have the actual full mind of Christ. But it says I have the mind of Christ. It says right here, we have the mind of Christ. So what does it mean? Think of the context. Think of the context. We have the secret and hidden wisdom of God. We have the Bible. The Bible is the mind of Christ. I just want to, that just came alive to me in an even newer way this week. The Bible is the mind of Christ. If you begin in Genesis 1-1 and go to the end of Revelation, as you spend time reading and poring over the Bible, studying it, reading large passages, studying small passages, doing word studies, you are studying the very mind of Christ himself. God has revealed to us the mind of Christ by revealing to us the secret and hidden wisdom of God by giving us the scriptures. Well, the illumination of the Holy Spirit is important for Christians to understand. I need to seek the Spirit's guidance as I study the Bible. It is not redundant nor wrote for you to pray, to say every time you read and study, Lord, illuminate your word for me. Open your word for me. Illuminate my mind so that I can see the secret and hidden wisdom that you have revealed to me. We do not approach the Bible as we approach other books. My guess is many of you here read all kinds of other books. Hopefully the Bible is the most important book in your life. But we do not approach the Bible as we approach other books. The Bible is alive. It is literally alive. And we approach it wanting the Spirit of God to open our eyes and our hearts to understand the living Word of God. Martin Luther once said this, The Bible cannot be understood simply by study or talent. You must count only on the influence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, he says it so well. And it's so true. You cannot, the Bible cannot be understood simply by study or talent. You must count only, only on the influence of the Holy Spirit. John Calvin once wrote this, The testimony of the Spirit is superior to reason. For these words will not obtain full credit in the hearts of men until they are sealed by the inward testimony of the Spirit. 
We need to pray that simple prayer in Psalm 119 and verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Lord, that's it. That's it. Lord, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your word. Here is how we ought to pray. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, let me see the beauty, the organization, and the genius of the Bible. As I read through the pages of Scripture, Lord, let me see the beauty of your word. Let me see how it's so amazingly organized from the history to the poetry to the prophets, to the gospels, to the epistles, to the end times in Revelation. Oh Lord, help me to see how beautiful and how wonderful and how amazing it is. Let me see the absolute genius of the Bible. And Lord, remind me. Remind me every day that non-Christians cannot understand this book. They need Jesus. And they need the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. In fact, Father, we are overwhelmed to think that we have been given secret and hidden wisdom from God. Oh Lord, as we read our Bibles this week, help us to be mindful that we are reading a supernatural book, a book that is alive. Let us pray for you to illuminate our hearts and minds. Oh Lord, open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, to see wonderful things in your law. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.